0: In the following live session recording, Alan Rotten, adult ministry specialist with Lifeway Christian Resources, leads the session entitled, Modeling Advanced Teaching Methods for Adults. Do you grow tired of just lecture and discussion? In this interactive session, the listener will hear a variety of teaching and learning methods and learn how to use these methods with your Bible study group. Let's join Alan now. Yeah, I'm a lay person like y'all are. So I was on church staff as a minister of education. And I grew up here in Georgia, grew up in southwest Georgia, in Albany. And so it's always good to come back to Georgia. But um, what this session is about is we're going to be looking at some principles of teaching. But I want to also try to demonstrate some of those with us. So. Let's sort of start with um, with thinking about our particular classes that we teach. It's important to know that we don't teach lessons; we teach people the Bible for life transformation. What I mean by that is that if my sole concern is using this teacher, the teacher material that goes with it, and making sure that I'm getting through the lesson then that's where it's focused on teaching the lesson versus understanding the people that I teach, what's going on in their lives, and what is it about this study? For example, I use this explore the Bible material, that's next quarter's stuff there. But we're on Titus chapter three. So what does Titus chapter three have to say about those needs and issues that the people in my that my people in my class are going through? Because the needs, issues, concerns that my people are facing trumps the particular curriculum plan as far as I've got to adjust and tweak the material to make sure that it's hitting the needs of the people. Because the goal is for me to get the members of my group into the Word of God to get the Word of God into them. And so, if my focus is directing people into the Word, then taking into account the needs and the issues that people are facing, now all of a sudden, everything gets focused on them. And it's not about, did I complete the teaching plan? I may have to adjust. I may have to tweak. I may have to skip this and move to this. And so we're going to look at at thinking about our Bible study groups. And so let's start with, you tell me about your group. So if I were to ask you to describe your class to me, mine is empty nesters. So mine is basically comprised of individuals whose children are out of the house. Some of them still have one, one or two children in college. Nobody has high school kids. Um, we're dealing with parents who have health issues moving back in. And some of them are dealing with grown children with children moving back in. So it's just that life stage of empty nesters. How would you describe your class? What's the age grouping or what is something that would designate if I, if my wife and I were to come in to your church, how would they describe your class to me as a guest? We'll start with you. we
1: take
0: just women. Okay. It's a ladies class.
1: And we have uh, a, one just lost her husband. A 16 year old just
0: lost her husband. And the ages are probably about from 38 to 60. Okay, so from older 30s mm-hmm. to around 60. And
1: uh, one of them has a uh, terrible goddess, physical father. She's looking for consolation there, yeah. and. Another one has just finished her nursing school. She's an older woman. It's a group of people that just are going through the crisis in their life.
0: Okay. Okay. Right.
1: And they want to be sheltered. Okay. And have so they want to have someone to give them hope. Okay.
0: Good description. Someone else, how would you describe your class?
2: I got 45 to 54. Adult. Okay. Um, couples. Uh, I got a mix of uh, some I retired, some I still working. Uh, most of them, I would say about seventy-five percent of their children have gone, grown their own okay. families. we um, have just because it says forty-five or fifty-four, uh, we have people that's older. Because I'm, I'm seventy years old, so okay. I, I you know, I'm not. So we don't look at the age that they come in and, and, and uh, they like the members of the class and they get our answer So, like I said, I got a mix of a lot of military and civil service. Mm-hmm. people are still working, people are retired.
0: Okay. And
2: we had some like, people that just lost their spouse, but uh, you know, we had that in our class too. So we have a little... Although it says couples,
0: it's not, you know, they feel that they belong to that, to that yes. class. Yes. Ladies, one of y'all want to give a brief description of your class?
3: I mean, our ages are big. <laughs> I mean, I think the youngest might be mid 30s who have young children. Okay. All the way to a couple that's pretty senior saint. You know? Okay. Maybe to late
0: like sixties. Is it just ladies? Is it's it couples? Couples, okay. A co-ed. Um,
3: and I, as you asked the question, I'm thinking about everybody in the class, and we're all so different, but at the same time, we're all very bonded because yeah. the, the, the goal was to get to know people we yeah. do a monthly luncheon. Um,
4: mm-hmm
3: you know, where you can have that free time. But sometimes, you know, it's interesting we just do have time to get to know people very well. Yeah. Um, and we definitely pray for each other. You, we get to texting is a big thing for us. Even even the, the, the older folks, I mean, they they'll text right back to you. And, Good. you
0: know. Good. Good.
3: Good. <clears throat> this is a ladies class, and it's like 60 to 90.
0: Okay.
4: And we've had a lot of people this year, like the last few years, lost their husbands. Okay. I'm one of them. And, uh,
0: plus, I
4: got my mother, who's 90. And it's, it's great. Yes. But we're close, and we pray for each other.
0: And you support each other, you encourage one another. And you wonder how the people outside of church survive this. Yeah. And so. That's what I'm talking about, the needs, issues, and concerns, what you just described. Every one of our classes are different. And yet, we all want to ultimately see our people transformed into Christ-likeness so they think and act like Christ. I mean, that's that's a dream that I have for my class. I just started this Empty Nesters group in, around Easter. And so it came out of our parents' a, a Parents of college age adult class. Um, so it's a fairly new group, yet the goal of that group is the same as the goal that I had when I taught parents of college age adults. And that is for the members of my group to be transformed into Christ likeness so they think and act like Christ. And so I want you to look at this imaginary line. There's an imaginary line up here, it's like a continuum. Now, this end of the continuum that would represent people that are far from God. Let's let's think of them as, we could call them lost, we could call them unsaved. These people are far from God. On the other end of the the continuum, down here, we see people that are very, very mature in their faith. So, here's a question I want to ask. I want you to place yourself on this continuum. Because we're all somewhere on this continuum, aren't we? From lost to very, very mature. So here's what I want you to do. You're not going to be asked to say anything. You're not going to be asked to share. It's just between you and God. I want you to place yourself on that continuum and then hold it in that spot. Okay? Go. Be honest because you don't want to hear God say, you've got to be kidding me. Got it? You help holding it? Now, let's assume that you placed yourself here. Don't answer out loud. But between you and God, if you put yourself here on this continuum from lost to very, very mature in the faith, what is it going to take if God is working in you and through you to move you from that place to clicks this way, to go from here, being bing, to there. Don't answer out loud. what's it going to take with God working in you and through you to move you from here to here? Because what you want and what I want are for the members of our group to be moving forward in their spiritual walk. And the truth of the matter is our people are all over the map. You've got some that are closer to here They're saved, but they're somewhat stagnant in their their spiritual walk. As Southern Baptists, we are very bad about associating religious tenure with spiritual maturity. Mm -hmm. Well, I've been a deacon here for 47 years. He would say, I'm here. Yet, his attitude, his actions, way back here. We assume because there's a dear old lady in our church, she's sweet as can be, that she would be down here. She may not be. And so, as God works through you and God is working through them, you want to see every member of your group move forward in their faith. And so, that begins, how do we get there? We begin with simply praying and asking god to help us understand where our people are spiritually you see what i'm looking for because then the next question is so how do i tell how the people of my class how are they moving in their faith if that's what i want if my goal on sunday morning is to get them into the word to get the word of god into them how do i go about doing that how do i know if what i'm doing is making a difference Because if I'm not making a difference in the lives of my members, I need to change what I'm doing. Because if I keep doing what I'm doing, I'm going to keep getting what I've got. And basically, if I keep doing what I'm doing, everybody gets stuck spiritually. And it's pretty much my fault. Now, I can't spiritually change anybody. That's the work of the Holy Spirit. But it's God is working through me and guiding the class I'm teaching a session tomorrow about teaching with impact, and part of that is how we as teachers take responsibility for helping our members learn. That's a session for tomorrow. But now, I need to see how well are my people moving forward. And so, one thing I'm looking at are how well are they connecting with God and connecting with others. So, is there evidence of a prayer line? Is there evidence that they're they're reading their word daily? Is there... Evidence, so that's how they're connected with God. Connecting with other people. Do they attend? You're gonna find this hard to believe, but there are people in my class who self select never to attend. I don't understand it. It's like they joined the church, they've been members for years, but they never come. What's up with that? They can attend worship for free. You don't have to be a member of the church. So how well are they connecting with God and connecting with others? Are they growing? Do you see evidence of their maturing in in their faith? Um, Are they serving? Are they doing something for the kingdom of God? Are they serving somewhere, doing something through the class? And then are they going? Are they sharing their story? Are they inviting others? So how are they connecting, growing, serving, and going? These are just ways that that are going on in the back of my mind, how are the individuals in my class moving forward in their faith or not? Because it's not like they're always going this way, sometimes they drift back this way. You know, so, Facebook helps me keep up,
3: good or bad,
0: with a number of my people. I saw something just this week and I was mortified. Oh man. I got a guy, he's a great guy. He put on Facebook. So he's in this this fast food drive through lane. And he says, apparently the lady in the car behind me thought I was taking too long to put in my order. So she kept honking the horn. So when I pulled up To the the first window, he says, he's saying this on Facebook. So, I mean, this is public info. He says, I tell the people at the first window, I'm paying for this lady's meal for whatever her order is. I want to pay for that order, too. And I'm thinking, what a great response. Somebody's back there just being obnoxious. What a great response. He comes to the first window and tells them, "I want to. Um, here's the money for my order. I want to pay for the order behind me. So he does that. He goes to the second window, and they give him his food. He then holds up the receipt and says, but there's a second order, and here's the receipt. I want that food too. And he took that. So that when that lady pulled on up, they go, hey, I've already given you your order to that guy. He paid for it. Now, I just thought, what a great response. And then all of a sudden he puts that and I'm thinking, yeah, I'm thinking, I've got a lot of work to do. I got a lot of work to do. Sometimes they don't tell you to your face. He didn't give the
1: medicine
0: after. Huh? No, it was food. Is that a fast food? It's food. But I'm thinking, what a jerk. (laughs) You know, just, if she wants to honk her horn, fine. She can honk her horn all she wants to. I'll go, you know. But what I'm saying, I just gave that as an illustration. That was just this week, but that was on Facebook. So not only did I see it, a lot of other people saw. It. And I'm thinking.
2: I hope he didn't have a bumper sticker to say
0: Jesus. Yeah, that's what I'm hoping. He doesn't have one of our church's bumper stickers on. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But that's just it. It's that's why I'm saying you can tell, you don't have to be some spiritual guru to tell how people are maturing in their faith. Sometimes you just see it on Facebook. Sometimes it's the comments that you see. So so anyway. You know, let's let's get in. You have that, that handout on that top sheet, you'll see a passage of scripture. It's from Acts chapter two, verses forty one to forty seven. So as we think about our, our classes, let's look at an example of a early church, from Acts chapter 2, 41 through 47. So here's what I want you to do. If you notice the way that it's laid out in the Christian Standard Bible, it lays itself out basically as three different paragraphs. Verses 41 and 42, verses 43 to 45, and then 46 and 47. Do you see how that is on your your paper? So here's what I want you to do. We're going to let We're going to let you two guys, and y'all can do this together, or you can do this just independent. But what I want you, you two guys to do, I want you to look at 46 and 47. And I want you to identify characteristics of a class that you see in those two verses, and only those two verses. Don't worry about the rest of it. What characteristics of a Sunday school class do you see in verses 46 and 47? Okay. We're gonna let you two ladies work on this middle one. What do you see in 43 through 45? What characteristics of a class do you see in those verses? And these are the only verses you have to worry about, okay? Robin, at least me and you, girl. All right, me and you have 41 and 42. All right, you mark, get set, you have 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30 seconds. 30, 30 seconds. Go. Okay. Let's hear what you got, folks. <clears throat> what do you got? Robin, what you got in 41 and 42?
3: Well, they were open to the message. They they were devoted. Uh, to And they had fellowship with the others. And they were...
0: So on prayer. All right. So we see teaching, we see fellowship, we see prayer. What do y'all see in 43 through 45? What were some different elements that you saw? <laughs> the
1: people were awed. They were believing, They were astonished. And uh, and because of their belief, Jesus helped them to perform miracles for the people to see. And, and they were united. They
0: were united in this. It was not something that one was against another. And their hearts were happy. How about that bunch of happy Baptists?
1: And they
0: praised God. We're not to do something new? Wow. Yes. Good stuff. Good stuff. What did you guys see in 46 and 47?
2: They
0: got worship, <laughs> prayers, fellowship, and outreach. There you go. Mm-hmm. So you see, right here, you see examples of what a class can be. Okay. Don't come back to your other seats if y'all want to move or y'all can stay there, whatever you want to do. But one thing that we see here is that it was an open group. An open group expects new people every week. Now, let me step out of the conference and let's debrief what we've done up to this point. Since we're modeling, I've been trying to model some different things. Number one, I asked you to look at an invisible line. Did you see it? You didn't see the line? Well,
3: I saw it in my head, but I yeah, didn't. Yeah, that's see what I mean. Did you see it in your question. head? <laughs> I didn't know if that was a trick question. <laughs> no,
0: not a trick question. Yeah, but you'll see in your handouts, you will see where there's eight different teaching and learning styles. One of those is visual. And a visual learner's you need to paint the picture for the visual learners. Mm-hmm. These posters, for example, that you have in your kit. Some teachers say, well, I don't need a kit because I don't need... The, the, the kit is not for you the teacher. It's given to you the teacher, but the purpose of the kit is for the members, especially the visual learners in your class. So when we were talking, if you were using Explore the Bible, we're talking about Timothy was, you know, was in Ephesus, and then we get into Titus, he's down here on Crete. I mean, it's real easy to go. Here's where he was. Here's where he was. And this, so you know, for the visual learner, handouts that you go. The reason that you have handouts in here is for the visual learner. And so, different things that you can do. Can do. Um, having you describe your your class was simply a, a start to get you used to talking. So that was on purpose at the beginning to get you used to talking. So that at this stage when I say, let's get with the group. So there's not many of us, but we were able to break up into three different groups. Now, how long did I tell you that you had? 30 seconds. How long did you actually take? About three minutes. The thing is, what was your reaction when I said you have 30 seconds? Go. You got to hurry up and do it. You gotta hurry up and do it. That was intentional. If I were to say, y'all take five minutes to look at this. You know what you're thinking? Oh, I'll go to the restroom. Hey, he's, there's a where's some water? Let me go out and find some water. You're going to the bathroom. Somebody else is going to get water. You're talking and just, you know, it's you, you got five minutes. We can cover this. Shoot low and you can always add time. But if I give you longer Take five minutes. I can't take time away. Because it's like, no, you can't do that. You gave me five minutes. I'm taking my five
4: minutes.
0: (laughs) But if I give you 30 seconds, I can always add until you're done. You see? So part of it is, is how you do what you do kind of thing. So we could have done that with everybody. Look at this. And sometimes I do. Read this and call out the different characteristics that you see on here. I chose at the last minute to break you up into groups, to show even in a small group, because sometimes we think, well, there's not but a handful in my Sunday school class. You don't understand, Alan. I don't have but a a small group in my Sunday school class. We think we can only ask everybody a question. Well, you know what? We tend to get answers only from the same one or two people. So by breaking you up, everybody got to give some input with that. You see? So y'all ready to go on? I'm sort of in character and out of character. But we're, we're looking at an open group here who expects new people every time the class meets. And so I've got a session tomorrow, I think it's the fourth session, on how to get guests to return. And so I'll talk more about how your room is arranged. But basically If you're going to have an open group, you've got to expect new people so things like name tags and having empty chairs near the doors where the guests can come in and sit are important. We'll cover that more in another conference. But when we think about our Bible study group, it's important that we understand that there's a tension always going on between the content that we teach and the community that we want to build. For example, um, the most important one is a balance between the two. Because sometimes, if we're too weighted on content, then it's like, come in, be quiet, and let me tell you what the Bible passage says. And we just tend to lecture through the commentary. If it's too big on community, it's like, well, we're just doing life together, so just, you know, we're caught up with, with having prayer because we got the members of our class they're going through all these different crises and so our class is basically a support group with a with a minor time on bible study the key is not an either or it's a balance between and so there's always that tension between the content and the community and you're always going to have that tension, but you're looking for balance between the two. Neither one of them, to the extreme, are good. When you put them both together they're very good, but you want balance between the two. So when we think about what makes a good good a group, a group great, what makes a class great, is think about some things that your members expect out of you and what should you expect out of your members. So think for a minute. Guys, I want y'all, let's do a a two group. We'll do the women and the guys. Guys, I want y'all to look at what are some things that you, the teacher, expect from your members. Ladies, you call out what are some things your members expect out of you. Okay? You get to go, all three of y'all together. So the three ladies together, the two of them. So, this time, I'm going to give you a minute, but now y'all know my secret. <laughs> y'all ready? Guys are ready. Okay. Which one of y'all had, what are some things you expect out of your members? Guys, go.
2: For like 10 Participation
0: in the class. Okay? And to be prepared. Right. Do you do you have you ever shared with your members what you expect out of them? Well let's answer yours first. What are some things your members expect out of you? We'll come back to that. Okay, they expect us to be faithful, they expect us to be prepared, they expect us to be mature believers, they expect
1: us to care about them.
0: And they expect us to save okay, excellent. Now, here's something you can do. Because have y'all started your new church year yet? I mm-hmm. started first of August, but yours September.
4: did in September.
0: okay. Great, that's great. So, even yeah. yours is still uh, one thing to do as a teacher. I did this with my, I actually did it back in the spring. When I was kicking off the empty nesters, but but now is a good time to do this. Say, what are some things? Here's what I, I want you to do: hand out three by five cards, and say, I just want to make sure that that I'm meeting the needs that you are as your teacher. What are some things that you expect out of me as your teacher? And just write them on a three by five card. Don't sign your name. Just nothing. So, but three
1: teachers. Then just take, just say, our teachers. Or do you
0: say? Teachers? Yeah, you could say if you got three teachers, you could say, what do you expect out of our teachers, mm-hmm. out of your teacher? Don't say our teacher. Yeah, you could say our teachers. What do you expect out of our teachers? And they're going to write things like, what you caught off. You know, faithful. Be prepared. Mm-hmm. You know, help us understand the Bible. You know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Those sort of things. Take those up. Read them. Just kind to read them out loud. Say, thank y'all so much for sharing this. This will help make sure, because I'm going to keep these on my desk at home. This will help me to make sure that I'm focused on being the best teacher that I can be. Thank y'all so much for sharing that. You know what's going to happen? You're going to have somebody. It only takes one. But somebody's going to say, well, Alan, what do you expect out of us? Mm -hmm. Don't reach into your hip pocket, or in your case, in your purse, and bring out your list. That you've already worked on. Act surprised. Oh, wow, I haven't thought about that. Let's see.
4: Yeah, yeah I pulled
0: out these big old lists. Yeah, so you, you can do that, but you've got to act sort of surprised and go, oh, well. But you're able to have this conversation. They just gave you a list of things. Now, I've done this before. I didn't do the th- I did the three by five cards uh, back in April, but before I just had them right on the whiteboard. Come up here as you come in. I had up there, "What do you expect out of me, your teacher?" And as they came in, I said, "Hey guys, there's a question on the board. Would you mind just going over there and writing your answer?" And then you know we would get going, and I wouldn't watch them, and then people would just go over and kind of write. Different things, so I've done it different ways. But then I would say, and they would be good, and you know, I they expect me to be prompt, to be on time, to be prepared, you know, to care about people. I mean, just the basic stuff that that you don't have a problem with. Then they say, Well, what do you expect out of us? Now you can say, I expect you to be prepared. The number one question I get as an adult ministry specialist at Lifeway is how do I get the members of my class to read this?
3: Yeah.
0: You have not because you expect not. Can you
3: make sure that someone's going to ask that question?
0: You may have to prompt somebody. If you got a good friend in the class, okay. if you got a reader, you may have to have somebody okay. do that. But I just so when they said, "Well, hey, well, Alan, what do you expect out of us?" They did it kind of like as a joke. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, class, you have every right to expect me to be prepared. You do, and I will commit to you that I'll spend hours every week praying for you, praying for your family, and preparing to guide you into an interactive Bible study. With the goal of getting you into the Word of God so that the Word of God gets into you. But what I need out of you is that you'll commit to me that you'll spend 10 to no more than 15 minutes, more like 10 to 12 minutes, to read this lesson before you get here because that will make the process of getting you into the Word much easier. Nobody likes harder work it's easier if you come prepared and so once i started pushing them and now and the second thing is they use their book every week i will say something to them for you know example we'll be into uh in the study and if it was this particular week i'll say Okay, y'all get into groups of three or four. Turn to page 71 in your book. Every one of them has a book. Because every week, I'm going to have them open up their book and do something. Turn to page 71. Get into groups of three or four. Turn to page 71. There's a question at the bottom of the page. It's in bold. you will have two minutes. I want y'all to discuss that question. And then we'll come back. So instead of me just asking the whole group the question, now I have them open their book. They're looking at the question. They're getting, and now instead of one or two people answering the question, now everybody can answer the question. In this case, and I just randomly opened the book. You didn't what, go
1: around ask each
0: one to answer. No, you don't have time for that. No, I do. No, the process of them answering the question accomplished what you needed. I don't need to hear your answer. Now, every now and then, not every week, but every now and then, I say, okay, what was the overall discussion in your group? For example, i just randomly open this up. Here's the question. What does walking in victory look like in the life of a believer? What does walking in victory look like in the life of a believer? That's a pretty good question. You don't want one or two people to answer that. You want everybody to answer that. So y'all take two minutes, so I would say, y'all take two minutes. Again, the reason I say two minutes, I'm going to give them maybe four, maybe close to five, but i got to shoot low and then add time to it. And so that helps prompt them to get on with the assignment. And so let them discuss. And so I might come back on a question like that. What was the overall tenor? What was a, a comment or two? Because I don't have time for everybody to share so I'm saying, what is, what was the overall comments in your group? And one group may say, well, we talked about this and this and this. Okay, those are great. Anybody else want to say anything? Just real quick. You see how I said, okay, real quick. That's, you know, don't give me 15 minute answer, kind of thing. So sometimes it's how you phrase your question. The speed that you phrase the question, the time that you get it, all of those things help you manage the clock. So, what if you get
3: one that
0: keeps talking? <laughs> in that case, that that's where you move into other different yeah. ways. If you have, How do you do this? if you have one that wants to keep talking, sometimes you have to use your body language of such as standing up and go, thank you so much, they've got to take a breath, thank you so much for sharing, now let's go on. And once you look at, so sometimes you have to nicely cut them off. It, it's hard to do, but sometimes you have to, have to call on. And sometimes if you keep getting the same, if you ask the question out loud of everybody, and you know that person, you you did it once, and that person was hard right now. You have been warned. If you keep doing what you're doing, she's going to keep giving you what you've already got. So, now, I was going to, in my notes, I was going to ask this question and this question to everybody. I'm not now. Because, one individual has already shown they're in a really talkative mood. So, now, what I will do is pair up pair up, turn to page seven, or pair up, here's a question I want you to do. So y'all have already paired up, me and you have paired. Mm-hmm. So y'all pair up, here's a question I want you to think about. And I'll ask the question, that question came right out of the teacher book. But I say pair up, and so I get this, well Alan, I teach like 80 year old ladies, they can't get up and move around mm-hmm. in groups of 34. Fine, it, they can still pair up. Mm-hmm. They can be sitting right here, so here, here's the, the little old lady Sunday school class. There's a pair, there's a pair, there's a pair, and there's a pair. Mm-hmm. They're already just sitting there, paired up. Mm-hmm. So all they're going to do is just turn and talk to that one. Turn and talk to that. And so I don't have a problem even just saying, pair up, and here's a question. And what that does is that has now limited them. Now, once you've been duly warned, now you can't go back and say, okay, let's hear a summary from some of y'all because she will pipe up. So what you can do is say this side of the room, you guys, these ladies, boy, I love it. Y'all are reeling really into this. Thank y'all so much for sharing. Y'all been a little quiet this morning. Y'all been pretty quiet. What are some things that y'all were talking about? You see, so I bypassed over here. I'm engaging them and then we go on to the next thing. So sometimes you're in, you're in charge. So sometimes you have to be in charge. Let's look at something else. Let's, let's stand on your convictions. I'm going to put a phrase up here, and when I put a, a phrase or a statement up here, if you agree with the statement, put your stuff in the chair. You'll stand up. If you agree with the statement, I want you to move to this side of the room. If you disagree with the statement, I want you to move to that side of the room. You understand? You're going to agree or disagree. There is no middle ground. Ready? First statement is for a teacher to teach, a student must learn. Stand on your convictions. If you agree, come over here. If you disagree, go over there. Put your stuff down in your chair because you'll be moving around for the next few minutes. (laughs) Agree is over here. Disagree is over there.
1: That's yeah, like probably a true question. <laughs> That's a true but
4: question. They should learn, we That's right,
0: they should. That's right. yeah. I get that a lot. People wanted to re-edit We're the finished. question. <laughs> <laughs> re Okay. So I love this. It. So it's about evenly divided. Most of the time when I do this activity, it's pretty much evenly divided. That's good. So, why do y'all agree?
1: If you're
0: not teaching them they're not learning
2: anything okay why do y'all disagree well it goes back to what you were saying some people in that class are way over there some people are over with you so in order for them to to for you to be able to bring them to this side you have to they're not necessarily going to learn what you
0: teach. teaching okay they're not open i mean they're just not mature okay we're going to drill down on this one a little more but then we have more like this to go so you' we're just getting started on these but let me drill down a little bit on this. There are two passages <clears throat> Deuteronomy 41 and Deuteronomy 51 when it comes to teaching. So let's see what the Bible has to say about teaching. These are four Deuteronomy 41 and Deuteronomy 51 are parallel passages. If you read these passages you'll see that they basically say the same thing. Except in 4 1 we see the word teach and 5-1 we see the word learn. When you look at these in the original language of the Bible, this is Hebrew. When you look at these in Hebrew, you see this word right here called Lamad. I had somebody say, Well, that looks Greek to me. No, here's the Greek here. <laughs> this is Lamad. And Lamad, you know, when when I went back and looked at that, I'm thinking, how is it that in 4-1, there's the word Lamont, and in 5-1, there's the word Lamont, but every translation I see, one is translated teach, and one is translated learn. So, I, I was a minister of education. When I went to seminary, I did not pay attention to my Greek and Hebrew classes, because I thought, I'm not going to pastor a church. I don't need to know Greek or Hebrew. It's why we have commentaries. Well, I basically swept through the class. Mm-hmm. Just going to get there. Now I know that I need to know the, ma- the material. So look at this. <clears throat> I don't understand this, so I get in my car. I'm in downtown Nashville. I go down to West End Synagogue, down past Vanderbilt University to West End Synagogue. I walk in the synagogue office and tell the secretary there, hello, I'm a Baptist minister. I need help with a Hebrew word. It's the rabbi available. Rabbi means what? Teacher. So you walk into a synagogue office, tell the secretary you're a Baptist minister, and help with a Hebrew word, the teacher comes out. He comes out, which by the way, it was easier for me to get into a rabbi's office than it is for me to get into the office of a Southern Baptist church. Interesting. I just found that fascinating. So, I go in and The rabbi invites me back. We sit at a a round table with chairs at his desk over there, bookcase. And he says, well, tell me about your family. This rabbi gets all emotional when he finds out that my wife is named Ruth, that we have a son named Benjamin, and a daughter named Bethany. All three names are Hebrew names. And that this Gentile Baptist minister would have children with Hebrew names. He was he was fascinated with that. And he's speaking my wife's name in Hebrew and telling me the meaning because in the Hebrew culture, names mean something. And he's speaking the name in Hebrew and telling me the meaning. And he's calling my son's name and he's telling me the meaning. And it's my daughter's name and he's telling me the meaning. And then I say, Rabbi, my name is Alan. You know, no, no, that's not Hebrew. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so we come back down there. So he says, so you need help with the word. I said, yes, Rabbi. So I turn in my Christian standard Bible to Deuteronomy 4.1 and 5. one, And I said, look at this. And so he's looking at it in Hebrew. And he looks over his reader glasses at me and goes, so you're not a Jew, are you? I said, no, sir. I'm a Gentile. He said, well, that's your
4: problem.
0: <laughs> he said, every Jew knows the definition of Ahmad is that teaching has not occurred unless those whom you teach practice and apply. Practice and apply. apply. Teaching has not occurred unless those whom you teach practice and apply. He gave me this as an as a illustration. He says, a child at school, an exam is given and a score comes back a 92. Who made the 92? How would you answer the rabbi? The child. The child, yes. In our educational system, the child made the 92. He said, that's your problem. You're thinking like a Western European, not as a Near Eastern. And he said in the Hebrew culture, exams are given to see how well the teacher Mm -hmm. has got the material into the life of the learner. Mm -hmm. It's a radical concept. Mm -hmm. Now understand the whole time I'm meeting with the rabbi, he's using a particular teaching method on me. He's just doing it naturally. He just came naturally asking me questions. Tell me about your family. You're not a Jew, are you? You know, a student is given an exam and the score comes back to 92. Who made the 92? The whole conversation is about questions and answers. It makes me think. I can't just sit back and just let him talk. I have to think. The whole I'm coming in thinking I'm apologizing. I need five minutes of your time. Ten minutes tops with him shoot. Well, just I just need to help with this and then I'll get out of your way I don't have an appointment i am just showed up he sit back let's talk about it you know what right. he so we looked at this on and on and on and so we got in he, he, he turns over he goes to Matthew we find here he asked me this question. Do you think Jesus understood Hebrew? How would you answer the rabbi? I said, yes. Did. Yeah. Yes. He did, Rabbi. As a matter of fact, he taught in the synagogue. He mm-hmm. taught in the temple. Mm-hmm. He read from Isaiah. And he goes, yeah, I thought Jesus understood Hebrew too. He says, here's why I know. He says, here's what I read when I read here. You want to know how to make disciples? Teach them to do what Jesus said. You know, it's that simple. Teach he's to do what Jesus, what Jesus said to do. He said, here's why I think Jesus understood Hebrew. Even though he said, yes, yes, and always Aramaic, made, which is greed, a form of greed. But he said, as a Jew, a Jew's always thinking in Hebrew. He said, he would have been thinking Lamar. He said, here's why no. He repeated himself here when he said to observe a Jew would know that's all you have to say, but when Jesus repeated himself, just as in Deuteronomy 4.1 and 5.1, anytime something is repeated in Hebrew, that means it is important pay attention to it. He said, in English, again, he's asking me questions, in English, how do you emphasize something? How do you answer the rabbi?
3: Exclamation point.
0: There you go. What else? if you're speaking emphasis on you're writing writing. how do you emphasize in writing you can underline italicize italicize, exclamation point mm -hmm. bold bold, Mm -hmm. change the color make the font bigger Mm -hmm. there are different ways that if somebody sends you an email and it's like bigger font it's bold it's it's in a different color it's all caps and it's (laughs) underlined what is that person telling you You better pay attention to this. Like I didn't get one of those today. Well, well, that's fresh on my mind. And so, um, well, that's interesting. They wouldn't observe it. The teaching. To observe means to do.
1: To do, and they couldn't observe it if they didn't know the teaching there.
0: Yeah, teach them to do everything I've commanded. So that's why the rabbi says. In Hebrew, anytime something's really important they repeat it. So now all of a sudden we have Bible drill. Flip over to Psalms.
3: I'm curious on why the, he was looking at Matthew in the
0: New Testament being a Jewish guy. I didn't think they believed in the New Testament. He pulled one off his shelf. He pulled a New Testament off his shelf. Yes. Yes.
4: Some so that Oh.
0: The the, the I mean, re, reformed or the completed yeah. Jews, this is the he's He's not orthodox, but he he's he's reformed, but he's not completed. Completed means that they accept they're Jewish by um, by by birth or by nationality or by ethnicity. Yeah. But this this is a rabbi. I mean, he's he, he can't teaches. Do it but anyway. how? So my
3: question is. So that means we're
0: on the wrong side, guys. We should be over there. Um, <laughs> yeah, but stay here because we got other questions. So to go. but
3: my question would be is, you know, you stand up in front of a class and you teach, you're prepared, you do everything that you think is humanly possible, but there's always that one person in the class that's not paying any attention. Mm-hmm. You know, that's not going to take everything you learn and take yeah, it back home with them this week.
0: Mm-hmm. You need to well, ask them, she has a need you never reached. Right. And so with that, that that comes into part of your controlling the speaker and all that. If if they look like they're zoning out, sometimes simply instead of sitting down, just stand up. Start moving. Mm-hmm. Like for example, if a person is sitting here and I can tell that they're starting to zone out or something, maybe, I might stand up. I won't ever look at them, but I will come and talk to the class right here. I have just got this person's attention. I've never even looked at him. Mm-hmm. I've looked at you the whole time.
3: So how did
0: they get that guy's attention? By not looking at him? When hmm? he moved. When I moved here, all of a sudden, they, they whatever they were zoned out on, hey, it boy, went by the wayside. What's he doing <laughs> coming over here? What's he talking about?
3: But then you still have those group of people that's been in church for the 20 years, but you see, you still see them on that side of the line, you know? Yeah,
0: they're still, they're right here. But
3: yeah, they're still over here and they're
0: not moving. I, I understand. I know what you're talking about. So I think the Holy the Spirit has to be you. The Holy Spirit, that's right. Remember, you and I cannot spiritually move anybody. That's right. That is the role of the Holy Spirit. But the Holy Spirit will use you to do everything that you can. So basically which, wait till you come to my conference tomorrow on teaching for impact, when the whole concept of teaching for impact is to cause the student to learn. That's going to rock your boat a little bit more. It's already on my agenda. Yeah, so you'll be looking forward to that one. But you do everything you can. Now, for that person that is sitting here like this, here's the thing. Most of the people won't want to learn around. Why are they showing up at church? Why are they showing up at class? Checking the box. Checking the box. With that, you do everything that you can. It doesn't mean then you're leaving it up to the Holy Spirit. I guess I, I uh, when I see that person zoning out, I'll call on <laughs> <laughs> The X right. price. I mean, like, That's the sure way for
4: them not think? to come back. <laughs> you that.
0: she <laughs> just pulled out a bazooka and took <laughs> <laughs> them out. I
1: think another thing is big. Uh, absolutely, absolutely.
3: Yeah.
0: yeah. All we're saying is that you do everything that you can. Some people's attitude is, I just put the lesson out there. Let's see some more of them. Let's go on to some more of them. Y'all are thinking correctly. I like the way that you're thinking. Knowledge of the facts of the Bible should be the ultimate goal of the Bible study, teaching, and learning experience. Do you agree with that or disagree with that? I disagree with that.
3: I'm thinking
0: Knowledge of the facts of the Bible should be the ultimate goal of the Bible study, teaching, and learning experience. This is a
3: trick question because uh, Uh, yes, the facts are reported, but if they actually don't use the facts to change their
0: lives. So are you moving because of peer pressure or are you moving out of conviction?
3: I'm right here. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to stay on disagree. Yes, I am too. Because, um, because teach facts, facts. If they don't banks, use the facts,
1: this is disagree. This is weird. We
4: agree
0: with that statement. they right.
4: yeah.
0: yeah. Knowledge of the facts of the right. Bible should be the ultimate goal of the Bible study, teaching, and learning experience. Well,
1: you have to have knowledge of the facts, So why? You won't know anything.
0: This is the application piece. Okay, so why do you disagree? She made it. She made a, a good point. Why do you disagree?
3: Because it, you can learn, I know the facts of a refrigerator, but I didn't know how to put them together. You know? I mean, you can memorize a manual, but still wouldn't be able to put together the refrigerator if I memorized the manual. If I memorized the Bible, that's great, but if I don't actually apply it to my life, I'm no farther ahead than I was.
0: Yeah. The it says key,
3: knowledge
1: of the facts. You know those facts you, and, they, and they shall become a part of you.
0: Right. The key word here is key ultimate, key ultimate goal. Ultimate, ultimate. Ultimate. The ultimate goal is life change. Right. Because you can know some of these people that are stuck in their spiritual development know the Bible.
4: Yeah.
0: But also demons in hell no scripture and when a demon is dealing with you they will throw scripture up in your face how did Satan tempt Jesus by scripture
3: but he took it out of
0: context or this knowledge of the facts was the ultimate goal that's why it's the application of those scripture passages let's look at another one y'all are thinking good y'all are thinking good this isn't about points This is causing you to think Christian teaching is not complete until Christian actions result. Agree or disagree? I agree. Sorry. Okay, so everybody agrees with that. Why? Because that's your ultimate goal. Because that's
3: the application. Really, that's that's the the right answer from the last question. All
0: right, thank you. You like it? Get, you you're getting ball. frustrated. Robert's getting frustrated. <laughs> this is not frustration. This is I don't know what it is, but
3: it's not frustration.
0: Okay. Since so God said my word will not return to me empty, teachers should be content to lecture on biblical truths and leave the results to God. Agree yeah, or disagree? I agree yeah, I agree with
1: that.
0: Should be content. Keep us, should be content to lecture. Yes. Okay, I, I I mean I'm torn
3: on
0: this one. too. content. There you go. Yeah, you got it. Yeah, we can That's kind of hard one. Right? Yeah, y'all now y'all going peer pressure. <laughs> <laughs> now y'all are succumbing so hey. to peer pressure. Here's he's sticking his guns. Yeah, he's sticking <laughs> his guns. With, we should make content. The The keyword here is content yeah. to lecture. Computer. That was the the hint, if you will. And, and that, this part is true, but we should not be content simply to lecture and just basically say, hey, I taught the lesson. If they didn't get it, that's their fault. If they're not moving forward in their spiritual life, that's their fault. I taught the lesson. You see, the focus on this is, is on me completing the lesson, not on you whether or not I'm reaching you with the content and getting you into the scripture and making sure that you're being immersed in the scripture to get the scripture into you. You see the difference? Mm -hmm. So, okay, now y'all can come back. Now, what we just did, let's look up underneath the hood on some of this. What we just did is you had been sitting now I've had y'all get up and move this was to help get you walking around. And so sometimes, especially in the winter, when people, I don't know, in Tennessee, I've gotten spoiled in Tennessee, where it gets cold in the winter. I forget, I grew up in Albany, where winter was like three days in January. Uh, But if people start wearing, you know, layers, and then they get into the warm church, they'll tend to want, yeah, they'll want to sort of sag out. So periodically you may have to get them up and sometimes to get them up to move is simply hey, y'all, get up, turn your chairs around and get into groups of three or four. Just that is enough that to get them re But with old people, it's just like, okay, y'all just pair up. Yes, I understand. But the purpose of that was to get you up and get you moving, was also to get you thinking. Now, I cheated and I gave you some answers here.
4: Mm-hmm.
0: Ideally, When I do this, on that one and that one, I do not tell you the right or wrong answer. I simply put them up there and let y'all argue with each other and then I go to the next one and I let y'all argue with each other and then I have you sit down. Because sometimes their discussion is enough. I don't need to say, you were right, you were wrong, it's the discussion. So just understand, sometimes when you put them into groups, you don't have to debrief the groups. The process of them talking in their group covered what you need. Now, when they're meeting in groups, you can be moving around and (coughs) listening to what they're saying. That is the same as your group talking back to the class. I just heard bits and pieces. But you only have 35 minutes to teach on a good week. Right? Mm-hmm. Anybody I got more than thirty-five
1: minutes? We do
0: yes. quick Well, <laughs> <laughs> that ain't gonna happen. That ain't have, gonna happen. We
1: have an hour.
0: We have an hour, but then you got prayer the the bellies, prayer request. Prayer, you got announcements. You know. I, so if I get thirty-five minutes of teaching time, that's a good week, kind of thing. So who makes the best teacher?
3: honestly no no disagree to the preacher but that's a lecture it's not teaching well it's a kind of teaching but you know i mean to me the same class is really where you learn more because you have this discussion and you see how it can apply to your life and you hear someone else say how it applied to their life you listen to their experiences i think it's so much better than just the preacher
0: The different, go ahead. Yeah, no, I like to
2: use, uh, you know, depending on what the subject matter is, I like to use um, different experience, personal experience, or somebody else that I know that has had an experience similar to what we are going to discuss. kind of brings it to their level. Um, yeah. You
0: know,
2: so, yeah, I, I, I can identify with that.
0: Yes. The better person is the person with the gift of shepherding versus the gift of teaching. My experience is that the people with the gift of teaching want to lecture pretty much all the time. A person with the gift of shepherding cares more about people, they care more about the sheep. Now, that's more anecdotal, but I've just seen it over 35 years of ministry in the church and as a layperson. Because if you use the teacher material that you're given, the commentary, and then the teaching plan, you can teach a pretty good lesson just doing what the book tells you to do. You go, well, the people in my class don't, won't like that activity. You're thinking that everybody learns like you do. And you don't. In fact, one of the handouts, we're not going to have time to cover everything, but you have a handout that I want you to look at that are you more analytic or are you more global? This is is a self-analysis that I want you to do When you get home, or at your hotel, if you're staying in a hotel tonight, it'll take you about five minutes. That's the other handout. That other
4: one.
0: Yes, that one. What you want to do is read through them. You want to answer them this way, me, not me. It is literally that fundamental. Me, not me. There is no right there is no wrong. This is how God made you. It's, it's not a personality profile. It is simply to help you to place into big buckets whether you are more global learner or more analytic learner. And so what you want to do is just put a little check mark. Is that me or not me? And then total up the check marks that you have on a page, flip the page over, do the other one, Same way, put a little check mark. Me or not me. If it's not me, leave it blank. Add those up. You may have one check mark difference between one side of the page and the other. It would not be totally unusual if you were equal on both of them. It just caught you on a certain day, but this is how God made you. This is your bent. But what this helps is to understand why different members of our class learn different ways. If you do this, in fact, you are welcome to take another one of these, I have other copies of this, photocopy it and give to the members of your class and have them do this. And then say, if you have more analytic check marks than global, come on this side of the room. If you have more global check marks, go to this side of the room. Your class will Probably be either equally split or about 60-40. I've done this with all science groups.
4: What
0: is global? What does it mean? Yeah. Global is is, is, is works more off of a effective level, an emotional level. Touchy-feely. Touchy-feely, that's a good way to put it. Where the analytic is just right. the facts, ma'am. Yeah. Give me the, and and so what you'll find, like I have an analytic member of my class. His name is Brad. Brad tells me, Alan, I hate it when you put us in groups. Why? It's pooling of ignorance. He's trying to pay me a compliment. I like it when you tell me what the Bible says about this. He's trying to give me a compliment. But that's not it. That's his way. I've got Rita. See, it's Two seats down. Oh, I love it when we get into groups. Why do you love it? We get to share. What you'll find out is because if these are the analytics, and I'm a global people, and so I'm only going to teach in the style that I'm comfortable with. And so I'm teaching out of my globalness to my global brother. I'm turning my back on those who are analytic. If I tend to be analytic, and I'm teaching to them and only toward them, I'm turning my back on half the class. When you do this with your class and they, they can see they're evenly split, you can say, now folks, look at some of these. This will help you understand why different members of our class act like they do. Give you an example. Kicking off the new year, we were having some fellowship. We were having some food. Well, one particular person had signed up to bring a breakfast casserole. Some other people were signing up for like donuts and danishes and stuff. But somebody had to Came time for the class to start. No sign. No sign of them. No sign. And so we go on with the fellowship. We go into prayer requests. Still nobody. I start to get into the Bible study. We got through the opening question. I'm now getting in looking at the first scripture passage and getting into it. And here they come in with this breakfast casserole. So now let's say it's 20 minutes past start time. They walk in with the casserole. The global people in the class are going, time out. Time out. Rachel just brought in the breakfast casserole. The analytics are like, you snooze, you lose. <laughs> Keep going. Keep going. I've already filled up on danishes and donuts and all that other stuff. The fruit. You see the difference on how they react. To an analytic, when they say to a global, I don't want to hurt your feelings, but a global person is going to get their feelings hurt. An analytic is, well, I'm not offended by that. Brother, you're talking too much. <laughs> yeah. That's not a global person analytics it. You're talking too much. Let's let's hear some other things. You're going, okay, I get that. I just know more than anybody else. You know, doesn't hurt an analytic. So that's why it's important. It'll help you understand the members of your class, but it'll help them understand why you do. So I tell my people, you see this? This is why we get into groups. This is why fellowships are so important. These people need it. This is why sometimes I'll get into the historical on what was going on during the time of the Roman Empire. And while I'll get going about where was Paul when Paul was writing the letter to Titus, what was going on on the island of Crete, both uh, we know biblically, but it was was a, a bunch of Greek indigenous people that were being controlled by the Roman Empire. And so now you've got Romans controlling Greeks and then you got some Jews that are there that are minority population how does all these cultures that are radically different how do they work so you have to understand as you're reading Titus what was going on outside of church they are a controlled people when we're talking about you know our, our sons of the military my sons in Okinawa Japan right now there are people Indigenous Okinawans, I thought they were Japanese. No, there's an indigenous people to Okinawa. They're angry because the Japanese had dominated them. And then once we defeated the Japanese in World War II, then the Americans come in. They've had people taking over their land for centuries. They're tired of it. They want everybody to leave. The analytics in your class eat up what was going on in the time. The global people could care less. How is this gonna help me at work tomorrow? You see the difference. So it's important that you understand your people and they understand you. So what do you think I am? Do you think I'm more analytic or more global? I think
3: you're more analytical and
0: you push into global. Yes, I tend when I do this, I'm, I'm analytic. But I cannot rest and say, well, I'm analytic. This is how I'm going to teach. Y'all sit down. I'm going to give you six principles on how to teach Sunday school. Right? Take notes. No. I have to compensate for my analyticalness and teach out of the globalness. Mm -hmm. So this session has been mostly geared toward global people and less toward analytics. Mm -hmm. So I had to push myself out and of course an hour and 15 minutes is not enough time we're out of time i gave you a copy of the notes that does not have any blanks so you have the answers to everything you'll have the steps that go to a lesson you'll have eight different ways to teach that you will find included in your material your your lifeway material and on the back you will see the closure of different things that spell out the word using the acronym of teacher with that.
1: I have a somebody like you in these sessions, and you are the best out
0: Well, that's very kind. Thank you. <laughs> well, thank you. That's very kind. I got two more sessions tomorrow. I'll see if I can't disappoint you sometime during that. here in this I will be in this room.